What up, what up, what up, San Antonio, Austin, Del Rio, people up in Tyler, people up in the Shy City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region. You are tuned in here to the Thursday edition of the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, Mr. Sam spinning the one and twos. Your number to participate is 1-800-707-9760. Today's show is being presented by HazelSkyOnline.com. Make sure you continue to visit their website where you can check out all their latest products, CBD products as well also. And this first segment of the day is going to be sponsored by Way to Grow. Way to Grow is a full-service landscaping company that can handle all your residential or commercial needs. That is Way to Grow, official sponsor of the Sports Cry. 1-800-707-9760. If you know what you want to talk about, it's open phone lines. Feel free to give us a call. Anything that we are discussing on today's show or we discussed yesterday, if you didn't have an opportunity to call, you can parlay that take over to the day. And anything that we're discussing on the show today that you want to weigh in and give your opinion on, feel free to do that too. We just ask you to be patient during the breaks and segments, and we'll get to the phone calls accordingly. Also, don't forget if you need to follow me or send me a message or reach out to me, don't forget you can follow me on Twitter at SportsGrind. And also, don't forget if you want to participate in the show, you can log on to Facebook Live on the SportsGrind business page and you can stream the show. The show streamed through there. You can leave comments. We'll read them if they're appropriate and appropriate with the conversation at the time. And we'll acknowledge those. And also, don't forget, if you miss any of the episodes, you can always go to sportsgrindonline.com where you can download the daily podcast. 1-800-707-9760. What's up, Jonas? Ready to rock and roll. You ready? All right. Mr. Sams? What's up, fellas? How we doing? All right, man. It is Thursday, a day closer to the weekend. Uh, so we've got some things to get to today. Uh, but before... Uh, we get started here. Uh, want to go ahead and give thoughts and prayers uh, out to the Meyer family, Katie Meyer, people that don't know this story, starting to come in light here in the last 24 hours. Uh, she was a Stanford woman's goalkeeper. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I believe that she helped Stanford win a national title a couple years ago. Yep. Uh, but she was found dead in her uh, apartment or dorm, I think it was, um, only 22 years old. So regardless what the cause is, they haven't really said w- what it was or how, you know, she died. But whatever the reason is, that's pretty tough losing a, a kid that's at college on campus at only 22. So uh, thoughts and prayers out to her family. Um, like I said, that just broke news yesterday or yesterday evening. So, um, but in the sports world, uh, we've definitely got some things shaking. The combine continues rolls on. Really, today's the first day of action. I'm starting to measure these guys up and weigh-ins and measurements. And the uh, talk today with one of the top quarterbacks in the draft out of Pitt, Mr. Pickett, uh, his hand size. Um, there's uh, He came in short on measurements with his hands. And there's a report saying that there's GMs out there that are concerned with this. Uh, look, this hand size situation has always been a topic of discussion um, amongst this time of year with the combine, with the uh, quarterbacks. And I understand it, but I think, you know, to the point now, I, I have to ask, is it getting overblown? Because these are the same things. I mean, I haven't heard all of the breakdowns of, of him, 
you know, but it is a big story with him um, having some of the smallest hands that's been measured, I guess, on record or whatever. Um, but these are the same things I kind of heard about. Uh, there's a few quarterbacks, but the one that comes to mind, these are some things he said about Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow's hand size, I believe, was a topic of discussion at the Combine. Uh, matter of fact, I think I even remember Joe Burrow tweeting out a few weeks ago, like, hey, be prepared. They're going to talk about your hand size. He told my hands were too small. Um, and he plays in Cincinnati. So I understand with the hand size, the way GMs and some coaches they look at it, like, well, if you're going to get drafted in a cold weather climate, your hands are that small, you can't grip the ball. Problems with gripping the ball. Me, I think height and looking over the – being able to see over linemen – your offensive lineman is probably a little bit more important to me than hand size. You know, but this has just become to me, I mean, every, I mean, whether it's the, I mean, we know we talked about how they've changed and done away with the Wonderlick test, but there's always this time with the combine that the measurements of where, hey, this guy weighed in, this guy had 3% body fat, this guy had this, and then the quarterbacks are the ones with the hand size. And I've always wondered, why don't they make his biggest deal with the wide receivers? With hand size. I mean, I guess the quarterback has the ball in his hand like every play. After every snap, he's got to touch the ball. So maybe that's not – maybe that's apples and oranges. But the hand size, these are the same things I heard about Joe Burrow. And his hands went all the way to the Super Bowl in the second year. Yeah, but, but Pickett's hands are a half an inch smaller than Burrow's. So it, record, it registers as the third smallest hand size since 2003. Um, if you're looking at a first round quarterback, according to NFL.com, so eight and a half inches, my hand size is a nine. I mean, my brother and I were, my brother and my dad and I were measuring our hands the other week when we saw like reports about NBA players, hand sizes where you got like quies and stuff have like 10 inches, 11 inches, ridiculous hand sizes. So the ability to hold onto the ball is important. But uh, like you're, you're looking at a measurement. If you're looking at nine inches, you got uh, like Jared Goff and Ryan Tannehill. But this is very like a uh, horse and pony show, right? You know, it reminds you of like the the, the appearing a dog show, d- you know, dog show every year because it's it's such a minuscule breakdown of these these prospects, and it, it becomes an issue not so much how well you play the sport, what but you've done on the field. But literally, like all, like how high can you, you know, how high can you jump? Even though you're not even going to necessarily hit those limits all the time. I just, to me, again, you know, it just depends on. I guess it depends on who you ask and the GM. I mean, because to me, I just think that I, like I said, I've heard this about Joe Burrow. Uh, there's some other guys too as well. Now, I didn't know he came up that much short than Joe, but still, it comes into the opinion of really is it overblown. Um, you know, you'll get different answers from different people. I mean, you could ask about, you could poll maybe 500 women and ask them the size matter, and you might get a different answer from those 500 people. It might be five, 300 women says, no, it doesn't matter. And then 200 or what I'm saying, yeah, it sure does matter. You know, so it just depends. I just think that to have this headline, and he's supposed to be one of the top ones in this group, I, I just feel like coming off of Joe Burrow, I think it would be – I'm just probably surprised that it's that much a story that he comes up with these smaller hands. I mean, the football from college is different from the NFL. I don't know size-wise, whatever, but – and he played in Pitt. He played in – he played at the University of Pittsburgh. 
I mean, it ain't. I mean, it ain't seventy-five degrees, eighty degrees most of their season on home games. Right. In Pitt, they play in Heinz Field. So, so some of their games. So this is just one of those things that we'll see. I mean, this quarterback. All I would say is this quarterback class is going to be criticized more than ever coming off of the class that we just even came off of. Everybody's down on this class, you know, um, and and we'll see how it works. It, it could end up being a solid class. We don't know, you know, but that's just one of the things that are headlines. So you have that going on. So that's enough. You're getting them break down in, into inches too much. We talk too much in inches and in show you measurement and all that. So we can move on from that. But anyway, <laughs> um, also in the combine again, Guys, coaches, and that was the theme we talked about yesterday. Coaches and GMs continue to talk. You know, um, Josh McDaniels, new coach of the uh, Raiders, have came out and said, hey, Derek Carr for sure is our starting quarterback. Now, I'm going to tell you like I told you about Frank Wright and Chris Ballard yesterday. As of early March, just take it a grain of salt what these coaches and GMs are saying. Where they're saying, no, man, we're not looking to move him. No, he ain't going nowhere. Now, I would still say that. But, Josh, I would tell you that I would probably lean to the side that he's telling the truth. And the reason why I say that is, again, you have to go back to Josh's McDaniel's first experience as head coach. And if you and, it is, and it's been a long time. It's been a big gap between the last time that he was a head coach. But you kind of learn from your mistakes. You know, we've heard Dan Quinn talk about it his time in Atlanta. There's things he would do different if he ever got another opportunity. And the reason why I kind of believe Josh McDaniels in this is because of his experience with them. When you got up, you started shipping guys out. You shipped Jay Cutler out. And you and Jay at that time, there was guys in the locker room that was feeling Jay at that time. And it kind of and all it went downhill from there. So you're probably looking at what the Raiders went through last year in the season with the John Gruden, the Henry Rugg situation, all this stuff. And you think like who was the guy that galvanized him and they let him? It was Derek Carr. If you're a first, now you're not a first year at coach, but this is his first coaching job in a while, and this is his first year with the Raiders. If you want to really have, you know. If you really want to not have to go work extra hard to win over the locker room to have people buy in, you probably don't want to ship out a guy that just pretty much led this team unexpectedly to the playoffs. Now, with that said, actions speak louder than words. And he and Josh can say that, and the new GM can say that, but I'm going to say, okay, where's the contract at? When y'all going to marry him? Because Carr's been sitting with the Raiders for a while now, and they've never really offered him a big, big mega deal. It's like he's had to wait and see. Let's see this go. So I do believe Josh McDaniels to a certain extent, but I think actions allowed be louder than words. So where's the contract for Derek Carr? So Josh is out there saying that. Um, also, you know, there's there's other, you know, things going on that we'll get to kind of like the, the thing is with Jimmy Garoppolo, he's kind of heating up. I mean, even LaFleur has pretty much said that, hey, you know what? I don't want to pressure Aaron. I don't want to do the, you know, this is what we're doing. I don't want to pressure him. So we'll see how it goes on. But the combine continues to roll on. NBA uh, action continues to roll on. NBA, your San Antonio Spurs are back in action tonight after a long rodeo road trip. They're coming back to the AT&T Center as six-and-a-half-point favorites to uh, take on the Sacramento Kings. All right. Uh, we'll see how they can bounce back from their loss uh, that they had their last game uh, against Memphis. We'll see how they how they plan out coming back home. Um and then we've got some uh, with, with wins. We got some milestones too that can basically take place tonight, Jonas. What are those? 
Well, the, the, tonight's game can be really important for two factors locally. First off, it already is important because it's going to be two thousand number 2,000 on the call for Bill Shoning. Oh, so Bill Shoning here can get 2,000 uh, win. I mean, not win. No, but, this, uh, this will be. has been part of them for like 2,000. Bill's been calling play-by-play <laughs> with Spurs forever. I like Bill. Shout out to Bill Shoning. <laughs> Uh, he's almost been there for all of them, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this definitely will be win or lose. Um, that's going to be uh, two, game two thousand for him. But one thousand three hundred and thirty-five. Pop can tie the mark tonight. Okay. This seems like this is taking forever. Or is it just me? The get here. I mean, for this season. I mean, we made a joke of it on the show before the season started. How long it was going to take for him to get to these? Well, you even wondered if, if he was going to hit the mark. I mean, you had to, you entered the season and you had to win. I think it was twenty nine games at that time. You had to win twenty nine. I forgot what the, and the over under, under was. was twenty nine. It was twenty nine. Yeah, that was over. I remember we asked that. Okay, and so now you're, and I think that was to take the mark. So that would be the next win. Okay, but you're playing with a young roster, the ups and downs. We didn't. We weren't sure we were going to get here, and here we are. Well, it's David defi- Aldridge had a great article in the Athletic. Oh, Dave, yeah, I gotta go look at take a look at that. All right, um, I haven't talked to David Aldridge in years. Um, but anyway, well, hey, look, it's an accomplishment. I mean, regardless of the state of where we're at as a franchise or people that want Pop's time to be finally over, whatever the case may be, this is a good milestone. It's a good look for the franchise. It's a good look for the city. Um, it's going to go down to history books. I mean, regardless whether we ever have another riverboat parade or not, it's when you look at history of the all-time winning coach, Pop's face is going to be there, um, and it's going to be a good look for our city. So uh, props to him. And I mean, and Pop will tell you this is about, and if you ask him anything, I'm pretty sure he would sit there and tell you, it's like, yeah, I had Dave and Tim. There are a lot to do with that. I mean, and he's he's a guy that uh, deflects credit a lot for him. Make no mistake about it. I still stick with what I said. He wasn't going nowhere until he got this. He won't admit it, but I think he this this means something to him. And he and he always preaches that it's not about the individual awards and it's about the team. And, and that's how it's always been in the Spurs way. But he wants this one. He, uh, he wasn't leaving without this one, you know. So you got that going on. And also NBA, kind of a connection. Um, this MVP talk for DeMar is heating up. Across the nation. You know, I think Embiid, you know, Embiid was leading. Like he, you know, this is a horse race. Embiid was just probably about like a month ago. Even before the Harden trade, he was probably, I would say, four and a half furlongs ahead of the next competitor. Whether you want to put DeMar in there, Steph. I mean, Steph started off with a stretch there, but Steph has schooled off, uh, you know. And really the guy that's been steady and his team has been, you know, up there is DeMar. Because if you would ask me this like three weeks ago, before, I was like, man, he's not winning the MVP. He's not the MVP because of what Embiid was doing, kind of the Steph thing. And, I mean, again, I've told you about Ja. You know, uh, I still think Ja's in the conversation with some votes. You know, he would have to really – it just depends, I think, on how hot Memphis could get the last few weeks of the season where they end up being in the West. But um, DeMar series talks or heating up for the MVP. So my question is – is what is this? I mean, regardless what you felt about DeMar in his time here, like myself, you know, I wasn't a guy that wanted to pay DeMar a lot of money just to be with this team. Cause I feel like, you know, DeMar was playing, I mean, maybe not at this level, 
but he was playing at a high level even his last year here with the numbers he was putting up, but they wasn't resulting in the W's. Uh, because I don't believe the supporting cast <clears throat> the Spurs are have, excuse me, is not as good as the Bulls, especially after their uh, acquisitions this past offseason. But with all that said, if he goes and wins an MVP uh, within the same year, with after the year that he leaves here, what kind of light does that put us in? What does that What does that say? What What can you read into that? And I and I know when I text you like, "Hey man, don't don't piss me off. You can't be calling the frozen." And then all of a sudden, and that's irrelevant. That ain't got nothing to do with it, regardless of what. Because again, it was what he was at the time, and basically kind of coming up short them first few years basically here. Now, where I will, we're coming up against the break, but when we come back, I'll, I'll tell you right now, and, and see, again, it's a little too early to go there to really take the L, but if I'm going to take an L with tomorrow, I'll tell you where that L is, but that is a legitimate question, man. What, is that, what does that look for us in the same year with a team with the Bulls? Because no one would have thought that he would have been in, you know, they thought he would flourish like that under that, that team, but no one thought he would be seriously in the contentions with the MVP. And if you did, you're lying. 1-800-707-976. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by HazelSkyOnline.com. We'll be back. Ready for a real cocktail? Introducing new Zing Zang ready-to-drink cocktails in a can. America's number one Bloody Mary mix with vodka. Zing Zang margaritas, tequila included. And whiskey sours with real Kentucky bourbon. Ready for no one to have to bartend. Real cocktails, real ingredients, really good. New Zing Zang full-strength canned cocktails. Legendary taste, legendary day. Always ready. Go to ZingZang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. If you've been accused of a crime, you need trusted and aggressive representation. You need the LaHood Norton Law Group. Over 80 years of combined experience handling both federal and state cases. All of their lawyers are former high-level prosecutors who know the justice system from all sides. For a free consultation, 210-797-7700 or LaHoodNorton.com. Principal Office San Antonio, the LaHood Norton Law Group. Official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producer, Mr. Sands, been the one and twos, 1-800-707-9760. Today's show is being presented by HazelSkyOnline.com, and this next segment is going to be sponsored by Integrity Advisors Agency of Stephen Reese. Stephen Reese is a fully virtual insurance broker who can handle all your insurance needs, and he can find you the cheapest rate out there because he represents over 40 different carriers for insurance. Give him a call. His number is 210-641-4000. That's Integrity Advisors Agency of Stephen Reese, official sponsor of the Sports Crime. All right. So uh, before we move on, and, and again, I, uh, we've got some good comments here coming in on uh, Facebook Live about this, but I want to uh, respond to this one. What do you got, Jonas? So we got Marquise Henderson, mm-hmm. and he's saying uh, DeMar's game is the same if you watch the Bulls game, if you watch Bulls games. Difference is the spacing. Spurs had no legit scare at three point line. Okay, so see, Marquise proves my point to where I think it's a fair question to ask. Because like I was telling Jones during the break, look, radio guy Calvin calling DeMar for a few years, DeFrozen, fans wanting him out, people don't want to sign or whatever. We don't matter, okay? The the bottom line is our everybody has an opinion. But there's guys in the right. building that are paid eight-figure money to basically sit there and know your roster and know your talent despite what the outside noise is. Now, I'm not bringing this up to kill the Spurs because, first of all, he hasn't won it yet. 
I, I just said that he's heating up. I still think probably it's going to be Embiid. You know what I'm saying? The only reason I'm bringing this up because his name's heating up. The team's playing. They're one of the top teams in the East, um, and he's balling. But the but the point is kind of to what Marquise is saying is that there you could take so many different factors of this. And like I was telling Jonas Break, like, look, it, also, and like I said, it's no need to spend a lot of time on this because he hasn't won it yet. Right. But the truth of the matter is, in the NBA, unless your name is Shaq, LeBron, Kevin Durant, Okay, um, I'm probably missing some people that maybe could do it or done it. Unless you're in that group with Demar is not in that conversation. He's Harden, not in that. Ca- he's not in that caliber of player. It is not normal to basically have a guy leave your franchise and within the same calendar year, within the same year, win a league MVP. It's not normal unless you're one of those guys. That it's like okay, well that's KD. Okay, well that's the- oh that's Shaq. And DeMar's not in there. So that's the reason why I think it's a fair question. Because regardless what the fan base, whatever, because at the end of the day, whether like Marcus will say it's about the spacing, we didn't have enough space. Well, that's maybe we didn't build right around him. Whether it's basically that. And that's all I'm saying. And I'm the one telling you that I know the Chicago Bulls, in my opinion, have a better roster around him than he ever had here in, in why he was here in San Antonio. And I do agree with Marquise that the last year he was here, that was, I mean, he was pretty much playing, had similar numbers than he has in Chicago. But they wouldn't. But we. But they wouldn't. The Spurs wouldn't in the the standings in the same place where Chicago is in the East. That's all I'm asking. But it's no. We can move on because, like I said, he hadn't won it yet. He hasn't really won it yet. So the only I thing mean, he's really doing better this year is points per game right now. That yeah. that's jumped by seven. But his but his uh, but his <laughs> yeah. Sam's like that's a lot. His field goal percentage is up. Or is the same. I'm sorry. Uh, he had a he actually shot a little better back in 1920, uh-huh. um, the 1920 season. But the yeah. uh, I think that it's just it, you're on a team that allows you to elevate the talents around you. But he's also being elevated, getting better shots because of the because of what Levine's able to do too. That's a fact. That's that's fair. I'm not gonna push back on that. That's a good take. I mean, look, this isn't. I just a, don't think uh, it speaks bad about the organization. I don't think it does. I don't necessarily say it can speak bad, but it's fair question. It, it's it's fair to talk about it because it's not normal. He's not Shaq. He's not KD. He's not LeBron. You don't lose. You don't let nobody. Whether and again, they didn't trade him. He was a free agent. He left. Speaking of Demar, sign they, and trade. Well, sign and trade. Excuse me, but he was going to be. I mean, at the end of the day, they they didn't do. Speaking of Spurs. They didn't go over, bend over backwards to try to keep him either. And I was sitting here, didn't really want him to do that because I felt like if you pay this guy this money, I mean, look, if you take, I will tell you this right now. If you take DeMar the way he's playing right now and you put him on this team, they're still right now in the West probably where they're at right now. Maybe they've got, I would say maybe they're at probably seven more wins at this point of the season at the most if you still have DeMar. I would say seven. At him playing, and that's being generous. I would say I I would say they're at least seven. So whatever that puts them in the standings, it would still be borderline, not really a playoff team. So I mean, seven games right now we'll really, put them where? really puts you ahead of the Lakers, uh, right saying, right behind. Puts you, puts you about a game and a half behind the Clippers. Now depending they're on where, depending strong. on who you beat, but where is that at in the standings though? Yeah, because I can't remember exactly what the Lakers are. That's so. play in bubble, so that's eight yeah, nine. Well, that but that also depends on like again where where within those games who you lost to, who you won won against. It, it, it's when you play with that kind of stuff, it's a little bit weird because yeah. it, it can get too butterfly effect. I, but like when you look at what the what they were able to sign and trade him for, 
He's become two first-round picks. The sign-and-trade was a first-round of Chicago, and then you trade Thaddeus Young to Toronto for a first-round pick. They're still all potential. I mean, I'm I'm still still pissed off from the original trade. Okay, from what we got, what we gave up to You'll get him. Never get no, I won't that, because no. I, not when not when Pressy from OKC comes in and gets a haul for Westbrook, who's never really sniffed the finals one time in his first few years of his career with Katie and James Harden. Not when I say the haul that basically uh, who came after that another trade. The um, who else got a big haul? Am- well, Anthony Davis, Paul whatever. George. Yeah, yeah. And again, that has to have a disclaimer on that take because at that time. I was in Pop's corner, like, no, you're not giving that guy to the Lakers. You know, I mean, I mean, that would have been a nice package back from L.A., but it's like you can't do that. I was down with him not doing. He ain't gonna help one of the robbers. You know, you, you fought wars with that with, against that team. But we can move on. He ain't won it yet. I mean, his odds are really there, but he's heating up. I still think it'll probably be in B, but it's just that's gonna be a topic. I'm telling you right now, that will be a topic. Somebody nationally, and somebody will ask, like, hey. He just whatever the left left the Spurs he just left because it doesn't happen. It's not normal. But moving he's, on, he's number five in the desert. By the okay. Way. All right. So other NBA uh, actually, we've got an interesting one tonight. Speaking of that, KD is supposed to be back. Speaking of Kevin Durant, he's supposed to make his debut back tonight with Brooklyn. They've got the Heat, which the Heat are coming off of a, a good, impressive win on the road against the Bucks. Uh, last well, no, actually they didn't win. They should have won. They end up losing. They they pissed that game away with about twenty thirty seconds left. Um, and that, that kind of gives me still pause with the heat, man. Like I like Jimmy Butler and everything. And, you know, that was a magical ride in the, in the bubble, you know, when they played LA and lost to them in the finals. But you know what? There's still, I feel something missing with this heat team. I really do. I, I mean, that's a game last night. I mean, for the season, they split on the year. So that's the last time Milwaukee and the heat are going to play in the regular season. They split, but something missing there's a missing ingredient with this heat team it's just something that's a game last night that you this is a team you know they're the defending champs you know you got to get past them if you want to go where you want to go we know you're, you we know your gm and president wants you to get there pat riley that's all he's about but you got to find to win those games but tonight kd returns we'll see what this happens with the with the brooklyn how much can they get in in intact before the playoffs start can they get some momentum going can they get some you know um some better seating in the East. How is it going to ch- uh, gel again, getting used to playing with uh, Kyrie? You know, Kyrie still can't play at home games. You know, the mayor up there said, hey, man, I want him in the Barclays too. But I can't I can't make no special treatments. You were about to, though, until you got an email or you had people show up inside your office with picket signs. That's what we do now. You know, doing something, you're going to protest. That's just the, that's the era we're in. There was a – there was a. I, I think I told you about this. There was a elementary school somewhere. That I don't know where it was at. This happened a couple of weeks ago, but the school had made a decision to take chocolate milk out for like health reasons and stuff. And do you not know that there was parents and there were kids that showed up with picket signs outside the school picketing for chocolate milk? I'm like, is this really where we're at? Is this where we're going? Because now I think you're diluting the real things we need to be protesting. But chocolate milk, like, hey man, activism, get them young. That's uh, out in California, Sierra Vista K through eight school. Well, I would, I just, but see, back in my day when I was, you know, elementary, I had to fight the good fight. I remember, I think I've told this story before, but I did it individually. I, I didn't need a posse. I just made an appointment with the principal's office. What did you do? Well, no, because at the time, you know, growing up, I had real bad allergies. There were certain things that I wasn't allowed to have. And orange juice, uh, pulp and orange juice was horrible for me. And don't ask me why, but my body just did pulp and orange juice. So at the time, I couldn't have orange juice. They didn't have orange juice. They just had orange juice. Uh-huh. So the only thing I could have when I was a kid at that time was when Minute Maid was kind of hitting the scenes. 
So I was like, hey, man, they got Minute Maid orange juice. So I went to the principal and said, hey, it's not fair for you not to carry Minute Maid. There are some kids that are allergic to orange juice. This was a conversation I was having in the fourth grade. About a week later, they had Minute Maid in the cafeteria. Hot damn. So, and I, I didn't have to get a bunch of people riled up, a bunch of parents. Just went in there and sit there and just had my face, my little afro at the time, little kid, little baby face. Say, hey, what's wrong? Didn't even, didn't even have to use the word discrimination at that time either. But anyway, and look, trust me, in the elementary school I went to, there was about two other kids that looked like me, and that was about it. Way to stick so, it to the man. Um, yeah, so anyway, no, nah, I mean, so we'll see what Brooklyn does with KD returning tonight. That's an interesting one with Brooklyn in Miami. College basketball uh, continues to get going. I mean, it's it's getting ripped. Arkansas is getting – the SEC tournament is going to be uh, a bloodbath. I think the SEC is one of these toughest conference. I mean, it's up for grabs. I keep telling you this is wide open. I told you this yesterday. Arkansas with old Muscleman over there. You know, he's a former NBA coach. Um, he's got those guys clicking at the right time. I mean, they really jumped on the scene last year with their run in the NCAA tournament, but they're getting hot at the right time. Um, you know, they continue to move on. The other thing in college basketball that's rumored up that's getting going is old Rick Patino. Okay, the old. Um, doing the business after hours at the restaurant, you know? No, honey, I'll be back, man. I had coaches meeting late. That guy, the guy that showed up on wiretaps in an in FBI investigation, that guy, Teflon. He's shooting down rumors that there's interest in the Maryland job, okay? He's at Iona right now. And let me tell you something. I, you know, Iona made a decent run. I mean, they took Alabama. I mean, they challenged Alabama last year in the tournament, you know, made it a competitive game until Alabama kind of pulled away. Well, let me tell you something. Maryland is an upgrade, and I don't think I'm breaking news to anybody out there that's taking time to listen to a sports show. You should know that Maryland is an upgrade for Iona. But the reason why I'm bringing this up is like, man, how does this guy, like, if you look at that situation, and I understand you can compare, you can say, hey, well, one's worse than other, this and that. People can't even – if you bring in Art Browse for an interview to even think about it or hand him an application, you're probably not going to make it to the finish line, and he's going to – we see the backlash on Browse. This is Rick Patino, who hasn't really won a national title in a long time. The last one was Louisville. He's got titles. He can turn a program down. But this guy has basically been in an NCAA scandal investigation, sanctions, I believe, with Louisville at the time, a recruiting – Supposedly guys, you know, recruiting, you know, strip club, you know, making it rain, escort girls, helping with recruits. He's been involved in a lot of this stuff. Now, that was his assistant. And then you get into him, Sean Miller. These guys get into Fed tapes and investigations over the shoe scandal and ate all that stuff. But this guy is probably on the verge of getting another shot at another major D1 basketball program when I heard that I'm like yeah he can deny that but if Maryland comes calling he can say I'm committed fully to Iona and all he wants to if he still wants to coach his old ass is going to to Maryland and it's just gonna be wow just wow when then when the opposite side of that spectrum you have a guy in Patrick Ewing which I still want to see is Georgetown gonna have the cojones to really fire Patrick Ewing the year, probably the where he's at right now with Georgetown. Like, this is only, I believe, like his second or third year there. Maybe his third. Okay? Um, and you would sit there, and we know the story. I mean, 
Patrick Ewan, I mean, there's John Thompson, the late great John Thompson, his son, the third, which they gave him a while. Even though that was his daddy, they gave Mr. Uh, John Thompson the third a while. There's him, and then there's Ewing. When you talk about Georgetown Hoya basketball, and the circle, and the rumors are circulating that possibly that he could be axed after this season. When they had a, a pretty much exceeded expectations last year with the type of you know in the Big East and what they were doing. So that's just two examples from a guy that pretty much sat on the bench for 15 years and assisted that could never crack through an NBA gig. Goes back to his alumni, coaches them, gets them respectful. Because let me tell you, John Thompson the third, he had that program pretty bad. He was getting killed for recruiting. They said he couldn't compete in recruiting in that area. They bring back Patrick Newman, and now all the rumblings is that they might fire him. But this is a guy Rick Patino, and I get it. He's one of the greats. I mean, he is. He's he's a college basketball. He's one of the greats. Okay, Zaz thought he was gonna get Tim Duncan too. Like, yeah, I leave Kentucky to Boston. Let's go. That ping pong drop. Like what? But anyway. So would you believe it that Patrick Ewing is actually in year five? It's been that long? Yeah. And he's on a 19-game losing streak? They still that, stuck with John Thompson a little bit longer, the third longer. I, I think you got to give Pat – I mean, you you got to give Pat some time on that. Based off he had a good season last year, 19-game, whatever losing streak. They're a bad second-half team, by the way. Okay. Just FYI, you can fade them second half every time, and it's and it's golden. They're a bad second time. They're they're a bad second half team. But I still think I don't know if you. That's Patrick Ewan, and that's George. I don't know if he still wants to continue. I don't know if you fire him um, just after five. I thought it was maybe like three or four. That's crazy. Tom is fine. So five years. Yeah, I still stand by my take on that. That's that's Pat. That's Patrick Ewan. But old Ripertino boy, Teflon, Teflon man, you know. Reminds me of somebody like in the Goodfellas movie or something like that. One of them characters. He can't touch this guy. He's like a, he's a made man or something. About to get them. I, I think there's some truth to that into Maryland. But I, I think really that know. a lot of it is just like, again, like the comparison between him and and Bryles, it's just because of what they got in trouble for. We, we're all okay. We can kind of understand the recruiting, everything like that. I mean, Bill Self himself has survived I, some recruiting I, I, issues. I get that. I get that. But I mean, but yeah, but we're talking about. I mean, that's a big, big offense what Art Bros was involved in. That's a one-shot kill. Big that's a one-shot Dillinger kill right there. But these are repeated offenses and oars around Ripetino, but you're right. What, but, what Art Browse, but, but Art Browse, what he's involved in, that's hard to come back from. I, I won't argue with you on that, but we'll see. But I, I do believe if Maryland wants him as mutual interest, I can't see him saying well, Iona and being loyal to them. I really don't see that. 1-800-707-976. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by HazelSkyOnline.com. We'll be back. 